Can I tell you guys like the weirdest thing about Hocus Pocus 2, which I of oh, course watched? You watched? Of course How was I watched. That? So it was fine. So I was like, this is probably gonna suck a lot, but I'll watch it anyway. And I was pleasantly surprised by like the fact that I was like, oh, I enjoyed it. Like not reviews, reviews were a lot more positive. Than it's, it was yeah, it, like it's middling. Like it's by it's by no means good, but neither is the original Hocus Pocus. Right. Like by that definition, we just good. love it because it was on cable all the time. Right, and also it's because like if you like Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and Sarah Parker doing their thing. They're doing their thing exactly. Oh, great. Again. It's like they, okay. they don't miss a beat slipping back and forth. Sounds fun. But there is a part where, like, the, the plot that, that they're trying to do here is they're trying to get the blood of the mayor of Salem because he's an ancestor of this reverend who, like, harassed them when they were kids back in Salem years ago. Harassed them, like... Like, like not sexually, okay. but, like, like in the sense that, like, he, like, kicked them out of town and was like, now you have to go live in the woods. First, what happens is we see a scene at a Halloween party, and there is a couple there dressed as Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall from the mm-hmm. first movie. <laughs> like, I can kind of look at that as just being like, maybe it's a weird coincidence that he dressed dressed up as like a crappy devil and like, you know, like red pajamas. Right. And she, for whatever reason, was like, I'll be a frumpy housewife. And like, okay, that's fine. That doesn't like strain credibility, but it is sort of like a little weird. Then during this montage while they're looking, at one point, one of them looks through the window. They see two gay guys on a couch watching the first Hocus Pocus movie on TV. It's literally the scene of Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall too. So like in this universe, Hocus Pocus the movie exists. Like what is, is this like... A documentary? Is this like a thinly veiled version of what happened? And like, it's also weird because no one else mentioned. It's not like like one of the kids later says like, "Oh yeah, didn't they make a movie based on those events that happened like thirty years ago?" So that's not a line. No. It's just so weird, so like, they're it, watching Hocus Pocus and this, Hocus Pocus 2. Wasn't that sort of like the Netflix? I was yes! going to say, this is literally just like the Netflix thing. Like, princess Right, where they're, switch, where they're right? watching because movies that take place in-universe, but also this is Christmas their reality. Right, right yeah. but it's also, like, partly their reality. It was, it was in Christmas, or Princess Switch. <laughs> in, in the Christmas uh, Prince, wasn't that, like, a documentary? Because the... The kingdom in a Christmas prince actually exists. Yes, yeah. And also, like, they have the acorn ornament in one of the other movies being like, oh, I got this from whenever I was in. Right, like, whatever the fucking country is. Like, what? But it it ends up making the same nonsense because within the world of a princess switch, Christmas Prince is just a movie on Netflix. Right. I like how... (laughs) This is just a really English language that works, but I like how you said nonsense as if nonsense isn't a word. Right. (laughs) This act of nonsense. I I got to the end of that sentence and realize, like, It's like, like oh. the opposite of sense. It's like some sort of nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down, watch a troubled movie, have a not-so-troubled drink, talk about what was bad, what was good, and how we could do it better. I am your host for this week, Lee. Why not do we just eat the lawyers, Stella Hanty? <laughs> I am Chris, pizza guy, Ravel. And I am Brendan, you got grandpa that time, Trishler. And if you could not tell from those nicknames, we have just finished watching 2012's Vamps. Ooh. Directed and written, I believe, by yes. Amy Heckerling. Uh, does she ever direct things she doesn't write? Um, oh, good she question. Them? No, uh, she wrote something she didn't direct with um, Fast well, Times so at Richmond. Tarantino. That's true. But... I thought she did direct Fast Times at no, Richmond. Oh, no, that's, I'm sorry, I had it backwards, because Cameron Crowe wrote Fast Times. Right. So she directed something she did not write with that, and then I think never again. Never, yeah. Except, like, with TV. She might have done some TV episodes yeah. and shit. Well, it's an Amy Heckerling piece. Yes. Yeah, it is. 
is. And it is, it is quite, it is quite yes, her, her fingerprints are all over this. Yep. Her and aging fingerprints. Contained within it are Alicia Silverstone, <laughs> yeah. Kristen Ritter, Sigourney Weaver, Dan Stevens, Richard Lewis, Wallace Shawn, Justin Kirk, Carson Johnson, and Malcolm McDowell. It's a stacked cast. It is a stacked cast. Uh, Were they to wear a stacked experience? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. This and truly too very little. was <laughs> a, a terrifying movie for our annual spooktacular, I yeah, have to say. We were, we were, we were yes, shivering yes. With, my, with my little fear. shoes were just shaking back and forth the whole time with we how much I hated it. Maybe scraping the barrel. Yes. Halloween movies. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like there were probably better options, but we just had none, you know? Yeah, we didn't. It's one of the signs just like, you know what? Let's just do Vance. This was on our minds recently. Yeah. It was also free on YouTube, and I had watched right. it. Yeah. I had also, um, I'm, I am actually weirdly glad we're doing this movie because I had seen this movie before we did it for the podcast, and I came to it feeling like Amy Heckerling's doing a vampire comedy with Alicia Silverstone and Kristen Ritter. Hell yeah, it sounds really fun. Mm. And it is it is not fun. That would be a thought you would have in the 90s, but yes. knowing Amy Heckerling today... Oh yeah, of course not. Yes. We're in a, we're in a post-I-could-never-be-your-woman world. Yeah. And this movie is made in it, and it suffers for it. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, we had to obviously uh, get through this movie somehow. Yes. How did what, what did we drink to help us? So the drink we made for Vamps is called a Necropolitan. Very simple. It's just sparkling white wine and some raspberries. All you do is you muddle some raspberries and pour the liquid into a wine glass, top it with sparkling wine to give it a little bit of a layered effect, and then you add a raspberry skewer through it for garnish. So it looks like a little, I don't know, pierced heart or something, but it's got the little red fruit through a steak to add a little visual pop. Um, I thought it was quite yummy. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like raspberries, white wine, nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah, Pretty I mean, straightforward. I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed drinking... Prosex, yep. as always. Prosex. Did um, it make you feel prosexy? No, it did not. <laughs> However, I am never a fan of muddled fruit, um, right. so I did at some point go into the kitchen and dump Just, the fruit bits out. Right. I don't like getting bits No, I feel, I, part of me thinks that like if there was a way to make it more of like almost a jelly or something, like a consistent, yeah. and then it, it might could, have been better. It could just sort of like um, um, like melt upward into yeah. the liquid. Yeah, like I almost, yummy. like part of me like, it would be overkill to put raspberry syrup in the bottom, but part of me almost thinks like if it were something like that. This yeah. is also why I just, boba is just a non-starter for me because if I'm drinking liquid and a solid enters the picture, no. I don't mind it so much. I don't mind boba, I don't mind boba because you can be more intentional about like if I want boba, I'm stabbing that that straw all the way down. Yeah. But I do agree for this one, it was a little bit weird with the bits, but I did think flavor wise it was great. Yeah, I thought visually it was fun. Yeah, uh, I liked the that we had the two raspberries there, which could be two hearts, could be the yeah. the, the twin bite mark yeah. on the neck. Who knows? The one thing, so yeah, because the one thing I always think of when we do muddle stuff is when we did way 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 back for Boon Raku when we did the gin and tonic, where we had to muddle cucumber. Yes, and it was like one of my least favorite experiences, just having like bits of cucumber pulp in a drink. See, I enjoy cucumber. I think I like cucumber too. I just don't like it like bits of it in yeah. a drink. You know, that's I like the thing. flavor of the drink a lot. I yeah, I think. Well, I think cucumber is a good flavor. Profile. It adds a nice yeah. coolness to a drink. I yeah. just didn't need like like again. If there were a way to like distill the liquid essence of a cucumber, I'd have been great. But having actual bits of cucumber, <laughs> not my thing. So I just had a flashback to me being in like high school improv class and like at summer camp and having to lecture about like sandwiches and the way we <laughs> talked about like <laughs> it was just a thing. Like you had to just like talk for it. It was just like oh, okay, oh like, 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 like yeah, just do whatever yeah for a minute or whatever right. and like. I remember just because the way you just started to like, that's a nice cool thing. I remember doing the same thing with like talking about lettuce and sandwiches. Like, I like a bit of lettuce and that's a nice, like, crisp. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nothing quite like a bit of crispness. Just crisp. Just, crisp. Yeah. just that. Lettuce. You have to. It's hard to visualize the, like the, the hand gesture of like drawing a line horizontally. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Brendan did. That's what nice I did. Nice crisp. 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 Yeah. We're all. We're all. Pushing the your thumb and point your finger together. Yeah. The and then just sort of like, for okay, but like, like Nike yeah. spinning yeah. 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 As That's if you're it, holding a goes. little paintbrush and just spinning <laughs> apart. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, before we get into the movie, um, we need to hear what it's about because maybe some of us were like barely paying attention. <laughs> right, right. Just like starving and needed wine. I yeah. Can, I can tell you that even when you're giving this movie your full attention, it challenges your ability to yeah. remember it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, so in a weird way, I was kind of glad we were rewatching it in a way I didn't expect to because I'm like, oh, I don't remember parts of this. I unfortunately remember all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it is my curse. Your 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 videographic memory yes. comes back to you. Unfortunately, all I can use it for is to remember vamps. <laughs> <laughs> what a curse. Yep. What a curse. Uh, Stacy, played by Kristen Ritter, and Goody, played by Alicia Silverstone, are two vampires enjoying life in New York City. Goody was turned in 1841 by the vampire Ciceris, played by Sigourney Weaver. After leaving the man she fell in love with in the 1960s, she struggled with her life as a vampire until Stacy was turned by Ciceris sometime in the early 1990s. Goody was able to teach Stacy how to use her new abilities, like sustaining themselves on rat blood, while Stacy helps Goody stay youthful and trendy. Goody keeps her actual age a secret because she is afraid of being viewed as old by Stacy. Flimsy. It's really... I mean, I guess they kind of try to play it a little bit differently in the movie where she's like, it feels important to me that she doesn't feel alone. So that's why I'm I'm the same age. But, yeah. And that's like slightly better than this, but whatever. Anyway. Uh, while at a vampire meeting, Goody discovers that if their maker or stem, Ciceris, is ever killed, she and Stacy would revert to their human ages. While working at a hospital as an exterminator, Goody runs into her ex-boyfriend, Danny, played by Richard Lewis, whom she has not seen since the 1960s. They reconnect under the pretense that she is Goody's daughter, but Danny eventually learns the truth when he sees her bite into another man to prevent a stroke. I do it. When he asks why she left him, Goody explains that even though she loved him, she did not want to stand in his way of finding someone he could actually build a life with. Meanwhile, the government is using the Patriot Act to track down vampires, causing panic amongst the Vampires Anonymous group. Goody comes up with a plan to delete and change all the information about all of the vampires in New York area under a solar eclipse. After they succeed, the vamps throw a party for both human and non-human feeders, but all is endangered by the threat of Ciceris, who didn't attend and massacred an entire restaurant full of people. (laughs) Stacy begins a relationship with a young college student named Joey, played by Dan Stevens. It is soon revealed that Joey is the son of the infamous vampire slayer, Dr. Van Helsing, played by Wallace Shawn, who is in town to find and kill vampires. After spending the night at Joey's place, he sees Stacy crawling down the side of his apartment building in order to get home before the sun rises. Despite his initial shock, Joey accepts Stacy as a vampire, and the two resume dating. Stacy soon discovers that she is pregnant and is informed that the baby will not survive unless she becomes human again, which can only happen if they kill Ciceris. The girls team up with Joey and Dr. Van Helsing, and after a struggle, they end up killing Ciceris so that Stacy can keep her baby and have a future with Joey. Stacy looks relatively the same despite being 40 years old, but Goody rapidly ages into an old woman. Revealing her actual age, Goody accompanies Joey and Stacy to Times Square, where Goody reminisces about her life. As the sun rises, she disintegrates into ash. 
A few years later, Stacy and Joey show up at Dr. Van Helsing's house to pick up their young daughter, whom they have named after Goody. As Van Helsing plays with his granddaughter, he notices that the little girl sports a set of vampire fangs, but rather than being horrified, he seems amused. He notices. He notices. It's yeah. just as a of an ending moment in the yep. movie. Exactly. Yeah. I have to give credit to the writer. They really con- effectively conveyed my feelings at watching the last uh-huh. scene of this movie. Just... Uh, <laughs> ugh. Ugh. Uh, yeah, so that was... That's the movie. Yeah, yeah I think we, we got most of the characters. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to throw in... Yeah, just because um, Justin Kirk is Justin in Kirk it. wasn't mentioned. He plays another vampire named Thadam. Yeah, as a um, stem... He's also a STEM vampire. Because they don't mention... Wait, did they not mention at all the part about how, yeah, like... The, the cancer... Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, they didn't. In okay, the, that's in insane. It. But, uh, <laughs> so there's a whole other subplot in which right. Richard Lewis has a, cancer, a human a wife who right. is... Yeah, has cancer. Dying He's of in cancer. the hospital. Yeah. Um, and uh, then Vadim goes in there and turns her... Um, into a vampire. Into right. a vampire, and then she comes out and is like a newly refreshed, yeah. like sexy right. Mary she's wearing, Right, she's wearing like a super tight dress and everything. Yeah. yeah. Where'd she get it? Right, exactly. Like, did, did she somehow like manage to do some alterations in her hospital gown real yeah. quick? Like, nip and tuck real quick? Um, they also don't mention uh, Kristen Johnston is, as Mrs. Van Helsing. As the British Mrs. Van Helsing, yes. Um, I'm scanning Zach Orth. Is, oh, yeah, as is Renfield. Renfield. Yeah. yeah. Knows about vampires. Questionably, but right, he like knows a little bit about them. Yeah, he kind of are vampires. Right, they, they wipe his memory for certain things. Yeah, and also like he seems like he kind of wants to be a vampire in some scenes, but it's never yeah. really and dealt others, with. He like freaks out when he sees vampires. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, and Malcolm like, McDowell, I think probably Malcolm right? McDowell as just as, sure, just just there for a, a, a as Vlad Tepish. Yeah, yeah, for like just for for just fun. Um, and a very small handful of notable cameos. Uh, Larry Willemore as the college professor yeah. and uh, Gail Garcia Bernal as yeah. as a random as a guy in a music superstar, video. yeah, like Latin American, <laughs> yeah, the Sigourney Diego Bardem, right? That Sigourney Weaver is yeah. like kind of in love with, right? And like kills him or something, I, I guess. guess. Like yeah, she leaves and then she comes back and she's dissatisfied. I think she kills him. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. An incomplete summary, of course, but. It's like, I feel hard-pressed to be like, oh, you left out something important. No. No, you didn't, because nothing's important. <laughs> this is like, like, no, in this world, nothing is important. Yeah, that's true. right? In the you're world right, of 2022? Right. Yeah. yeah, you're also right. It, yeah, it's existentialism. And especially not Vance. <laughs> Wait, so is Vance brilliant? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, like, internet meme I've seen of, like, for Nietzsche, where it's like... But like not nihilism is all about posting edgy comments on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the is the more nihilistic this. <laughs> it's like a great quote. Uh, I love it. So yeah, I wanted to start off by by kind of talking about. So I think I, when I, when we first had talked about doing this movie and watched it initially. Mm-hmm. I had compared your disillusionment with it to your disillusionment with Spaceballs, which is <laughs> it feels like it's yeah. way, the jokes are being made like way too late. Yeah. Everyone else has already made them. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, this is made well before what we do in the shadows. Right. Which However, is an excellent gold yeah. right. standard a, example. If you've seen what we do in the shadows, TV or movie, it is hard to watch this in a vacuum and not be like, wow, the latter property does it so much better. Right. Yeah. All of the jokes. Some of the same jokes. Premises, Basic yeah, ideas, yeah. But are done way better. Yeah. <laughs> like so much better. Even yeah. when I mean, and not to spend too long talking about a show that's better than this movie, even when they get into what could be some unpleasantly thick weeds of, like, vampire lore, it's always funny. 
Mm-hmm. Like the jokes are always sharp. It feels current. It doesn't feel phoned in. It doesn't feel like it was a joke maybe like me back in like 1998. No. I mean, they get It into doesn't the, feel like Dracula dead and loving it. They deal with the same premise, like issues of like, you know, the boredom and the ennui of living yeah. forever. And, Maintaining like, the masquerade. Yeah, like the masquerade and like sort of, yeah, putting up a front for humanity and they, right. all of that. So it's like, the, so both... The jokes are better, mm-hmm. and the the like plot aspects are just dealt with better. Yeah, than the latter. So it's like this. This definitely deals a lot with with aging, right? Like, but it, but in a way that makes no sense because for a like, vampire, why do you have insecurity about your age if you fucking look thirty all the time? Right. right? I mean, I, I, that again, that just feels like one of the many many hackerlingisms that's gets grafted onto this story, where it feels yeah. like Amy Heckerling's kind of interested with vampires because she saw like a quote unquote property mm-hmm. that she could use to talk about subjects she's interested. Interested in, and I feel like there is definitely some like it's easy to see how those two could like intertwine. You know, like her her yeah. hangups on like aging right. and like younger men and like having to like pretend to be young all and, the time. And at the same time, I feel like it doesn't deal well enough with like the the like because especially when you have I could be I could never be a woman. Yeah. right? it feels like we didn't get enough into the dynamics of like cattiness between women because uh-huh. like all the like. Kristen Ritter and, and Amy uh, Alicia Silverstone are like very buddy buddy the whole yeah. time, and Sigourney Weaver like they they don't they seem more like deferential to her right. than right. She's but more like their boss like, at work. Yeah. yeah, it seems more that like Sigourney Weaver should be like catty and jealous and envious towards both of them. Uh huh. And like they should yeah like it seems like there should have been more at play with like you know woman being pitted against jealous. right. Yeah. The thing that I think Amy you know I think it's a bit overdone anyway, but I think that Amy actually would have loved. Right, but she does seem right. interested in nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is weird to do to go that hard on aging in a vampire story and not go in cattiness because I would expect vampires to snipe at each other. I wouldn't expect vampires to care about aging. Yeah. I right. also. It, like, just in general, I, I, I just want to speak to the fact that, on paper, Amy Heckerling making a vampire comedy with those two lead actors, like Kristen Ritter and, Ritter and Alicia Silverstone, that sounds funny to me. I'm interested in that. Yeah. What well, we, also, like, what we get is just not. Like, what we get is this weird obsession over aging. We get this bizarre pregnancy, pregnancy plot line. Yeah, I agree. That's such like, it's such a half-baked element and it comes in so late in the game and immediately upon hearing she's pregnant, Christopher's like, well, yeah, of course, I always thought about having a baby and she's like, you're it's, a vampire. Right, it's, it, it, like, it literally never comes up as like, oh, I had never considered oh, no. this was possible or like, yeah. oh no, is this bad? Like, exactly. Yeah. I just, it drives me insane too that like, I, one of the few things this movie does, I actually think, okay, or at least competently, is it doesn't do very many, like, crazo exposition dumps. Mm-hmm. So we were given the idea of, like, stems, I would say relatively organically, especially for yeah. how pretty rough and blunt the rest of this movie is. Yeah, I'll give it's it actually, that. It doesn't, this idea is nonsense. Oh, no, I, yeah, nonsense. yeah, no, stems is like, but, once you think about it, it's something yeah. that immediately falls apart. But I... And it is sort of connected to a vampire idea of, like, siring. It takes it, it in a weird direction, but... It is, but it's like, how do you ever become a... St- like, right, right, like, a right, right. Like, are they what born? Like, does is, like, someone just right. become a stem somehow? They just have like, to be old enough at a certain yeah. point? Who knows? But like Lee said, like, about, like, how did they make more stems? Like, how, how are there so many stems? But it's why it seems especially weird that if now we're going to get an equally strange but even more labored idea of a vampire pregnancy it's strange to me that we get immediately into the weeds on the rules of that Mm -hmm. it's immediately not nearly as graceful as the stem thing which isn't that great of an idea but was presented well 
ish. Um, it's just weird to me that, who, like, if you're gonna think about, okay, you're you're a pregnant vampire, but the baby's gonna die in your womb unless you turn back into a human. But how did the baby even get there? At that point, like, it's right. not even introduced. Like, oh yeah, you could become human. It's right. Until the so they're asking about the pregnancy, which, by the way, who tells them? Who's that even tells them about the baby dying anyway? Like, how do they find out that, like, was oh, vampire babies on the camera? Yeah, no, no, it's when she goes to visit him when he's, like, working at a restaurant or some shit. Oh, yeah. Alicia Silverstone talks to him, and she's basically like, I thought that vampires couldn't get pregnant. And he's like, oh, yeah, they can, but, like, the babies don't live. Like, the body yeah. just, like, kills them after all, which is just such a weird thing that, like, she's also been a vampire for, like, what, over 200 years right. or something like that? But so, like, like surely this should have come up at some point. Yeah, there wouldn't have been birth control. Right, exactly. I'm not trying exactly. to be that guy, especially in a movie that is inconsistent in its rules observation, but uh, if we're getting deep enough into the weeds that your vampire bi- body is going to kill your human baby, how is your uterus functioning? Right. I mean, that's. I, I agree. Like <laughs> the, I think you had said, like they just should not be able to get pregnant no. at all. Like at they, all. You they are shouldn't. dead. Your body right. is not doing things that a living body does. Right. right. This just should not. This should never just be something that could happen. Yeah. It's insane. I, yeah. And I like the first time when I watched, it, I thought like when she got pregnant, I was like, oh, is this going to be some weird ass thing? Like how you know how like in Twilight, yes. it's like it's a big fucking deal that she gets pregnant with a baby because like that shouldn't be able to happen right. yeah. I thought it was going to be another situation like that where like Vlad's like why I've never heard of this and so he's like oh no it happens don't worry about it <laughs> oh yeah we, we, it'll, you'll have it and it'll die which yeah. is like again what a not so thing to say yeah. as a man or a woman to get this to a woman yeah. like don't worry just have a miscarriage yeah exactly yeah. like yeah look don't sweat this yeah uh, I was going to say uh, like I mean this may be something we come back to in characters but you're talking about like the concept of it being these two actors it does seem like Alicia Silverstone has, like, walked off the clueless set. Yes! Yeah. yeah. Like, it almost feels like this, it's the same sort of, like, naivety. Like, right. Just, like, kind of, like, a little bit clueless, again, uh, but, like, an ultimately nice person. Right. And it is an odd, again, the whole, that's where the whole age and security thing, I think, comes from, is that that's the character we're looking at. But what an odd choice for a 200-year-old vampire. I, I agree. Like, to, to still be like that, to still be, like, the same character as, as clueless. And yet you're... Yeah, well, and it's like, you're that naive, and you're so clueless about a you lot of things. Your right. own bullshit. Right. But she is able to look at a stairwell of a brownstone and be like, oh, it was a German newspaper, and before I mean, that it was... Yeah. Yeah. Again, going off what Lisa's, that almost feels like Cher, like how Cher has an emotional intelligence to her character, yes. you know, but she's not smart, quote-unquote. Right. It's the same sort of thing how, like, Alicia Silverstone's character is, like, a little ditzy and sort of... Yeah. I, I don't know, I guess because she's a woman from, like, the 1600s or whatever, like, she just didn't have... She's not the 1800s, she's even that old. Okay, then the 1800s, yeah, that's which yeah. is even more bizarre. She has knowledge of things, but she's not smart or right. something like it just feels like yeah. again like Heckerling started at Clueless and was like what if Cher also, were a vampire as we are right. told through several flashbacks she was always a, a, a forward thinking progressive right, right. Progressive. she was very against slavery yeah. at the time she yeah. was an abolitionist yeah. Yeah. she was, she like was a protester in the 60s for civil yeah. rights with right. Richard yeah. Lewis yeah. which Lewis. they shoot in his like young scene from what feels like 10 miles away <laughs> right <laughs> yes. no, like, they, they someone just like on it. right someone just like dumped Vaseline on that camera yeah. and was like oh here we go yeah. Oh my god. I mean, we've kind of covered it. Is there anything else you want to talk about with in terms of the vampire, the, the sort of level of vampire? Like what, yeah, Chris, you were saying like, yeah. like what do you want from something like yeah, this? Yeah, I think it's worth discussing what we want from vampire fiction. And normally I'm against this idea of going into something with like a set of preconceived notions. I never thought about what I want from a vampire 
story. Have you ever thought about that? I think about that all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you wake up and you're yeah. like, Yeah, at least lying awake at three in the morning. My next vampire story. I just mean, like, I never thought about that until I watched a vampire movie that was about ultimately about pregnancy. Uh, I guess in my mind, you know, you can obviously do whatever you want, tell whatever kind of story you want, but I just feel like if you're telling a vampire story and then it's ultimately about wanting to settle down and have a baby, I just feel like these two things mismatch. No, and I feel like I agree, the other yeah. way around. It's yeah. because Amy Hackerling wanted to tell a story about wanting to settle down and have a baby and was like, but I'll make it vampires. <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> make any sense. No, I agree. And I think going off sort of what you said, Chris, on paper, again, there are aspects of this that make sense for Amy Hackerling to want to do. Like we said, aging, being a woman, trying to pretend to be like current and hip and youthful for forever. But then you also, it's like, oh, she wants to talk about Homeland Security. And yeah. she wants to talk about the U.S. government. And the Patriot Act. Right, and the Patriot Act wanting to exterminate vampires which is weird because like they say it but it never feels like there's a government conspiracy to no. get rid of it. it literally just feels like it's um wallace sean on a single mission yeah. like as he also like has a job as like a detective or something yeah. it feels like, like also the patriot act was for a lot of other reasons right yeah so like <laughs> is she saying like, that like in this universe the patriot act was a response to like someone discovering or, vampires yeah. i think she's saying in this world i think okay here's what i think happened i think amy heckerling is righteously mad about the patriot act we're not sitting here telling you it's great. I know. However, I liked it. I think she ne- didn't necessarily... <laughs> no, any act called the Patriot Act is... Uh, Sounds great. Must yeah. be great. Yeah, how could, you, how could you not like that? I just yeah. feel like she maybe didn't realize how kind of insulting it is to show the effects of the Patriot Act with vampires when it's targeting there are, like, right, brown there, people in Right, Muslims. there are like literal like, actual issues with it, but she's like <laughs> sort of viewing it as like a this funny inconvenience. Up, I mean, not like a excuse, but like, of course that's what a, a white woman... Oh, right, the, uh, like like a person yeah. of that age. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I'm just looking, I'm like... Like liberal and obviously I know the Patriot Act is bad and I'm gonna make fun of it by by making a movie where it's by like how vampires. it's oppressing vampires. Yeah, so yeah. I, I guess when I'm talking about what I want from a vampire story, I don't necessarily mean it needs to be X, Y, and Z, but I I do think it is it it resists a story about settling down. It resists a story about domesticity. It definitely resists yeah. a fucking pregnancy. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. Even that though, is I, that's I think like the most extraneous. Like I think even though we live in a post twilight world, Nash, yes. The the Patriot Act stuff I think is dumb, but it's like okay, if you want to talk about that, fine. The pregnancy is the one thing that I'm really like, why the fuck, why the fuck? is this in here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what do you want? Do you have? Do you have? In my mind, I have things I want. I have yeah. things I want. I want. We all I, have things we want, honey. I more chocolate balls. Yeah. <laughs> more harvest handfuls, please. <laughs> I want. Um, I want uh, wild vampire libertines. I want. Um, some of them getting morally hung up about it, but the fun ones just kind of going out there and having like a wild time. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to humanize a vampire or mm. tell a story that involves more kind of like human emotional intelligence than like, ah, they're just going out and like killing and fucking. I, it doesn't need to be all of that, but like. That's what you like. We all want vampire libertines. Yeah. yeah. We all want that. But yeah. like, what well, I guess, I guess what I'm more wondering is like. And this doesn't have to be what we want out of a story, because like, what do vampires like usually like do for a narrative? Like, do you know what I want? Yeah. I want, and this is going to sound so reductive and repetitive, but I want what we do in the shadows. So here's the thing, which straddles a beautiful line between kooky fantasy and like slice of life stuff. Yeah, and I love. I also love what we do in the shadows. But but when you say like, what do you want out of a vampire story? I think I I can't really answer that question 
at, at, at just like at a base value because yeah. I think mm. it depends on like what do I want to right. No, I agree. Right? Because like I think what vampires are good for if you're telling like a drama or a romance, mm-hmm. it's really good for a either like uh, sort of like you know sexy thriller type stuff or like forbidden love. Right. It's very good for that. It's it, it can be very good for horror. Um, but also, like, again, it depends, like, if you want, if I want a vampire comedy, I want very different things out of vampires. Right, right. I mean, I I think that that kind of is honestly my biggest takeaway with this movie. I think that there's, like, two fairly interesting stories you could be telling here. One is a story about, like, how, if you want to do something maybe a little less, like, goofy comic, you could do the story about how Alicia Silverstone is a vampire. She's still a vampire who's, like, older than all of her vampire friends. Like, all of the friends that she hangs out with are still younger than her. So, like, she's the one who's, like, really kind of feeling this aging thing she meets an old flame and she's just sort of like oh my god i could have you know grown old with him we could have had a life together but i'm a fucking vampire and so maybe like that's your one story there it's about one woman vampire coming to terms with the fact she's aging but she's not aging and like maybe you're almost thinking oh there are good aspects to getting older i think that's something that heckerling's interested in on the other hand if you want to do something more comic i think there's probably a pretty interesting story to be told about a guy who finds out that his girlfriend's a vampire and his father is like like, 10 years 20 years later right yeah exactly so like his father is like the vampire hunter right yeah and so like I think that's probably a compelling story to be told the problem that I have is, is that this movie like talking about Richard Lewis because I also like the idea of like a 40 year old person meeting a 20 year old person that they dated when they were 20 yeah. okay, and that's being it. like what the what? fuck right and I yeah. think that, that's, that's, that's a potentially interesting story there too yeah I think the issue is that because Heckerling's throwing all of these things together again with like the Patriot Act and all this other crap too it's like she doesn't really have time to effectively commit to any one of them mm-hmm. so we're just sort of like dealing with bits and pieces and scraps of mm-hmm. all these ideas and therefore it's not satisfying it's not clean it's not fun to watch yeah. mm-hmm. let me ask you a question answer because and this I don't want to get off on a huge tangent about it yeah yeah but we often talk about power dynamics yeah. and like age gaps in yeah. relationships uh-huh. right you know if you're 18 and your boyfriend is 30 that's like iffy yeah right we, we instinctively I don't think it is inherently iffy I think it depends on the people involved right. however Agreed. if you have a vampire who is 80 uh-huh. functionally 30 uh-huh. dating a 20 year old is that does that play does that when I, when does that start right no I, I, my, 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 my thought would be that it is something that the movie should probably deal with a little bit right I'm not saying that because again and obviously this is a fictional universe we don't yeah. really legitimately also, have to like, worry yeah, there, about there this. are also stories i.e. like mythology and things like that if you're dealing with gods that that's right. a but it really what it comes down to is a difference of perspective because right. a vampire who has been in whose life has sort of been in stasis for like 60 years mm-hmm. and they become a vampire doesn't really have the same wisdom as a person who right. naturally aged up to right. And I was because you could also maybe do a story where like the twenty year old real guy is more yeah. mature yeah. than the vampire who's been living in favor of rest of development. These are all fascinating things yeah. to explore. But oh, I didn't even think of that. That's a funny idea. But what I was going to say was, yeah, I think you were. I don't. I didn't know if you were going there, and I don't know. I don't think you were. But when mm-hmm. you talk about the age and thing of vampires, what I think that what we do in the shadows also does a lot better than this, and what I think is a good thing for a vampire based plot to revolve around comedy or otherwise mm-hmm. is like and again this is where I feel like I should have seen Only Lovers Left Alive and I have yet to see it I really it's gonna move I up think my you're list gonna like it. but um is like the ennui that you must have to deal right. with at varying points of like it must like if you know especially as a vampire there's always gonna be an out like you at any point you can be like I'm done. Right. Yeah. And I'm walking away. Yeah. And it yeah. really like, it does, you know, at any point you can be like, I'm just going to walk into the sun or shake my heart or do whatever yeah. it is that kills vampires in your world. Like what, it, what must it take for you to keep going? Like it, it's an active choice. Which right. I think is a fascinating thing because it must get 
horrendously lonely and boring yes. right. and dull at times or depressing, but like you're you're always choosing. And that's kind of like a beautiful thought. Yeah. Um, a weirdly optimistic vampire that. worldview. Yeah. yeah. Why, why not? I like yeah, that. Could why be. not? But anyway. Yeah, Amy Hackerman, are you listening? Yeah, yeah. Amy Hackerman. I'm just saying these are all better ideas than your, what you moved to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not for nothing. <clears throat> um, we've kind of covered. Are there any more Amy Heckerling based rants that we wanted to cover? Because there are a lot. There's the. I wanna, <laughs> even if we don't like it into depth, I want to talk uh, about the very brief rant that Alicia Silverstone has about about the iPad. <laughs> oh my god! About Twitter or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why do I want a bunch of people heckling their their awful thoughts at me? Right. Oh yeah. my god! It was um um uh, their mindless brain their vomit. Mindless yeah. Brain right. Vomit. Right. Because Zach Worth comes in with an iPad Mini or something. Yes. And which is also I'm. Pretty sure it's a deal with Apple or something. I think, first of all, I'm pretty sure that was just a phone. I don't think iPad has ever made a mini the size of a phone, which is what he has there. So I think it's literally just her saying shit or whatever. (laughs) But he comes in with his new iPad mini and he's basically talking about like, oh, it's great. It's just like, it's like, it's as big as a phone, but you can't take calls on it. So like, it's just the internet. And Alicia Silverstone goes off on this whole rant about the fucking horrors of just having all this information available to you on a device and you can't even use it like as a phone. And it's boomer in a way where you're just like, and it also feels incredibly dated. A lot of the words that she uses yes, and not in, and not in like a knowing yeah. way yeah um it feels it really feels like there was a joke in there about people posting pictures of their lunch that got cut or something because it is really in that just like old boomer saw mm-hmm. added yeah. shit yeah. Yeah. Like, i will say like I, there could have been a lot of fun things to do around the idea of like somebody who looks mid-30s with like all of these horrendously antiquated ideas about and we'll, like, and we'll like, get into even Goody the name. Yeah, later I know, time. but like, <laughs> but like just the idea of like Alicia Silverstone being like, what happened to like a good old rotary phone? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's the tactile sensation. Right, like just being really into like and like still cook like churning butter with a real yeah. right. Yeah. Like, she has um. She has, like, it just doesn't taste the same if you buy it from the yeah. store. She curls her hair Regency England era style. Just like yeah. tying fabric in her um, hair. Yeah. I also love, she says at one point to Kristen Ritter, men used to write poetry. They used to paint. They used to sing. Yeah, yeah that is a good, that is a decent bit, I will say. I yeah. like the idea of just a, a, an ostensible hip young person with like very antiquated ideas about like, just you know, having like a lot of nostalgia for like the, the actual good things maybe about the old times. I right. do have a feeling in this moment, like, would Amy Heckerling and Nancy Myers agree on the a lot of things especially unexpectedly with, yes yeah, just be, because perhaps. they both revere i tell you what that's a coffee and cigarettes yeah exactly yes. a, a, a coffee and cigarettes <laughs> meeting in a diner but, i mean like think about it they both revere old cinema they both have nancy myers isn't going to a diner anytime soon no no it would happen no. at, at her a, kitchen a brunch yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um a fancy brunch but like they they both think old media is just better than anything we do now. They right. they hate the w- young women of today. They think the internet is dumb. Right, and this um, movie aggressively also leans very heavily into old movies too being a thing, mm-hmm. where like Alicia Silverstone's character is always about like, oh, James Cagney and Charlie Chaplin, like, they're just the best. Which again, as, you know, just, someone who read Amy Heckerling's info on Wikipedia, that's like the extent of my knowledge, she spent a lot of time watching old movies as a kid. So this aggressively feels like something that is just parroting Amy Heckerling's actual views on movies. Wow. I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's, like, what, that's what uh, What's Her Nuts was doing in A Contemporary Beer Woman. Right, yeah, yeah. Who uh, Amy Heckerling. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Sorry, I've been, I'm 35 and my brain is gone. Um, you. you mean the other, another blonde avatar for Amy Heckerling? Yeah, yeah exactly. essentially. <laughs> I mean, they have the same hair. Yeah. They have the yeah. same hair. And there's even a scene in which Alicia Silverstone's character is wearing yeah, the yeah. vest. Yeah. You, yeah. you said Amy Heckerling cosplay is what yeah. you said. 
It's true. But yeah. She was in her hackerling drag. We gotta find the picture of Michelle Pfeiffer and her, like, sort of Avril Lavigne. Right, with the tie. The tie. Yeah. yeah. Look and the skirt. And then put them side by side. You wouldn't be able to identify. It'd be like the office meme. <laughs> They're both the same picture, picture. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. And I feel I get the feeling that like Amy Heckerling is like the weird odd friend that N- Nancy Myers like gets pulled out into the city by like every <laughs> once in a while. Like, yeah. Like, She's like I'm time. in I'm in town. We're going out tonight, right? Ooh, are we going to like a club? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh Haley Hallie Myershire is like oh, cool and Amy's. <laughs> yeah, now I just want to write IRL fanfic. Go <laughs> Do your coffee and cigarettes scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll both, we'll wear wigs and, yeah. and play right. them. We've touched on some of the, the plot aspect. I mean, we've kind of uh, jumped all around. We've kind of yeah, covered all stuff. To, to, like, let's just see if there's anything we missed. So you get the A plot, I guess. Uh, what is the, what Well, you, I would guess the A plot is Alicia Silverstone. No, I would think it's Alicia Silverstone really? because she's the main character. Yeah, I guess, because, right? yeah, it ends with her sort of like. Right. I, I would say it's the main plot by dint of the fact that she is our main yes. character. But I think less time is spent on it. More time is spent on Baby. Yes. Well, especially toward the end. Yeah. I think it feels like. Amy Heckerling's a little more interested in the Kristen Ritter stuff than yeah. she is with Alicia Silverstone. Like, I feel like she had the idea of Alicia Silverstone being this sort of like emotional look back on like, you know, what we've what we've lost and like what we're yearning for but in it the didn't past. Happen. Right. I'm not saying it did, but I'm saying like that was her thought. But with Kristen Ritter, it was more like, oh, this is like the fun stuff. We're gonna yeah. have fun with this one. So you, so you have like the a plot of like. Uh, Alicia Silverstone's character being old, old, yeah, like right, just sort of like feeling it, yeah, you know, ready to, like, yeah, like having, yeah, like feeling as if she is in her twilight years, even though she still looks thirty and like not really being maybe a little wistful and technically aimless. immortal, yeah, running into an old ex that she really right. liked and being like, oh look, I I had to let him go and now he's got a wife and whatever, right. and, you know, right. I also I'm, think not enough. There, there's really not any time spent on the fact that it kind of feels like they're having an emotional affair while his wife is dying, which I think is really yeah, sort of weird. But also, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that we ever get the... F- we, we don't get enough details about her character's life, Goody's life, before no, she became a vampire, because she had fucking children. Right, well, that, because right, all you ever get is that at some point Wallace Shawn is like, and look what your daughters did and your great-granddaughters, yeah. and like, that's really all we ever find like, out. When did you become a vampire, and then what did you do with your family after that? Why did Right, you- yeah, that's like, I, I assume it was like she just left them and didn't see what happened to them or and, something? And why like, didn't we get video flashback in the same way that we got for her meeting Richard Lewis? Well, um, yeah, I mean, well, you do get this, like, the video flashback yeah. of her, like, and her daughters oh, at various points. That's right. But you don't, like, again, the husband doesn't really, which I think is super weird that yeah. her husband doesn't matter. Like, you see a flashback of her, like, a guy getting out of a carriage and, yeah. like, slips and falls and she sort of, like, helps him up and they have, like, a little, like, look at each other and so, like, my thought was, like, oh, that must be her husband. But, like, it's weird that her husband doesn't seem to matter to we, her yeah, I don't even know if it was a happy marriage. Right, yeah, exactly. Weird. You'd think that would, that would matter more, especially if she's thinking back about her life and the things that she didn't get out of it, like, right. you know, um, a long-lasting marriage or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the plot, and then it ends with her... It kind of matches with that. It syncs up with the B-plot where, you know, for Kristen Ritter to be happy and have this baby, she's got to become human, which means that Alicia Silverstone's character is going to die, essentially, because right. she's going to age she's so fucking But she old, doesn't yeah. know that because she hasn't told Kristen Ritter... How old she is. Yeah. How old right, which she I really fucking is. hate. That's which just, I hate too. Right. That's literally just in there to create a sense of conflict. Right, because right. the only reason why it's in there is so that when Chris is so that when she suggests to Kristen Ritter, like, what if we killed Sigourney Weaver, Kristen Ritter doesn't have to be like, no, I could never do that to you because then you will age rapidly and die instantly. Like if Kristen Ritter is ignorant, she can just be like, sure, that'd be great. We'll right. both be 40. It'll be fun. But then Kristen Ritter doesn't even really seem that bothered when it happens. Because when it when she does see how old she really is, she's well, just yeah. like, oh, why didn't you tell me? This is where I think it's a good time to mention that this movie 
consistently fills up any attempted pathos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. movie it's... really, it's trying a lot. <laughs> yeah. I do love that in that final kind of overlong montage, montage of yeah. her, like, seeing visions in Times Square, you just said out loud, am I supposed to feel pathos? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to, but the movie no, it's, cannot it's summon it. Yeah, I feel like there's a world where maybe the idea is partly just that because Goody has lived for so long, it's like, it's almost like she's unable, like, I don't want to say, like, she has, like, dementia or something, but it's like, she's almost unable to keep the timeline straight, where, like, sometimes, right, where it's like, sometimes she'll, like, turn the corner and think she sees her daughters, yeah, and, and like, then she's like, but of course they're not Amy my daughters. Amy Heckerling's a good filmmaker and could have done that better. Right, yeah. I, th- I think, like, yeah. that, that's my main issue, I think, with that's the end, That's a great idea, too. is that, like, that, like y'all your memories are flooding back and you can't right. tell what's what anymore. And I think also it doesn't help that, like you said at the end, the special effects at the end especially are so shitty looking that like it, it really just takes me out of whatever emotion I might feel at that moment too because mm-hmm. you're dealing with like these really weird like transitions between the past and the present yeah. and just like like clearly scenes that were shot at like, you know, some colonial reenactment village <laughs> yeah. in Michigan and, or some shit. And also like all of them are are pre-vampire. Like she doesn't yeah. have any yeah. you think it would have been like a like a life flashing before right. her eyes. And it's almost like you, right, she goes from like that to like the 60s yes. pretty much is what you get and it's like That's there was like true. there's like a 100 years in there where mm-hmm. you're just doing nothing that entire time. Yeah. Good point. But but yeah, but essentially like they have to because they have to kill uh Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia Silverstone's like, fine, I'll do it because I'm ready. I've been feeling was, which is like a kind of a crazy thing for this plot to, mm-hmm. to do. But it has to move forward, and we got to get that. Baby. Yeah, I don't feel like we really did the emotional like work of mm-hmm. feeling okay about this character like killing themselves. Right, we sure. It did. just seems like every now and then she's kind of annoyed more yeah. than anything else. Like it doesn't feel literally like it doesn't literally feel to me like she's at the point where like she's just like, you know, I'm done. I'm yeah. so done. It's a lot of like tell don't show in the yeah. end of her being like, it's okay, I'm happy, I'm yeah. ready to go. But I'm like, I don't believe that I feel like maybe you could have just like talked to someone. Right, like, right, right. Done like one session of therapy and maybe thought about that before you decided yeah. to walk over to the sunset. I'm not saying if you're two hundred and eighty that like you know, it's equivalent to like you know jumping off a building, and committing suicide. Right. But I don't feel like you did the legwork of, of like no, maybe there are other solutions to your problem. I agree because it seems like also this comes out of nowhere a little bit too. Because like maybe if it had been established from the beginning that like for the past twenty years she's been kind of feeling a little yeah. bit like over all this, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have to. Ke- I ha- I can't keep saying it, but like what we do in the shadows is doing a much better job <laughs> of this than Andor. Me too. Yeah. But, you know. Anyway, it's that plot line is not that great, and then the B plot is e- even worse because. Right. It's got a vampire pregnancy. It right. So like but the thing, the thing Right, and the thing that I find super is it just starts off as being like a goofy sort of like comedy about the yeah, fact that like he's dating a vampire. Because right. he's a vampire but they move right. past that. And then like and then it just becomes like, You're pregnant, that's great. I've always wanted to be pregnant. How wonderful for me. And it's just yeah. like it is. Okay. I, I, I think some part of it that really I think sits the weirdest with me is I just don't expect any heckerling to make a pregnancy plot choice. I would I would expect her to see that as a reductive choice for a female right. character. I, like I could see a world where Amy Heckerling is doing a pregnancy subplot. To me, it feels weird that like her aspirational goal is basically like pregnancy. I want to be a mom. Yeah, like, like I'm good with this. No, it's just again, you're a fucking immortal vampire. Right. Like the hate, fucking hate, especially from like I don't know. Not that I have, not that I should have had expectations of Amy Heckerling, but like mm. I, I would expect better. I think that's fair. I kind yeah. of expect better too, even for, though like for a, a female to be like, yeah, it's time to settle down and have a baby. Right, right exactly. And give up being a vampire yes. to do it. Yeah. 
Let alone with someone you've Make only Dan known Stevens. for like a couple weeks. Get, Get Dan Stevens into a vampire, and that way there you go. He right, like Phoenix Wright for the rest of his life. Right, exactly. <laughs> Problem solved right there. It's fine. That's yeah. perfectly fine. And again, you also because then you also have like a slightly weird issue that Amy Heckerling doesn't really have like time to deal with because of where it falls in the movie. But the fact that like Kristen Ritter is like forty and Dan Stevens is like twenty something, right. so like it's like I'm not again like you said earlier. I'm not saying that's inherently bad or there's something yeah. wrong with it, but like it is again something to sort of consider the fact you are twenty years older than your husband yeah. and you've also lived a much longer time than your husband has too. But I also don't think that the movie could get into that because these these fucking people don't act like they're forty. No, that's true. She too. acts like she's been twenty for twenty years. And hasn't right. evolved right, or right, yeah, no. Again, Which again. I think again is another topic. Like again, maybe that is what you're, it's like if you're a vampire. You can just right, you're like, in a state of rest development. Right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I wonder about that too. Like, do you crystallize where you're at? Yeah, do I mean, you... I guess the idea is like if you never have to physically mature, then you just emotionally yeah, I mean, I stay think where it's you a are. Choice. Yeah. I think like if you wanted to be a whiny baby teenager for the rest of your life, you could. I think that it depends on what you do with your you know endless existence. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think yeah. you could easily stagnate and like. Right, and I mean, you also kind of have the um, interview with a vampire thing with like Kirsten Dunst, where like she's like yeah, twelve yeah. and a vampire, where it's just sort of like, well, what, what does that present to you? Which obviously, interview yeah. with a vampire that deals with it. So like, if you're talking about uh, other plots, I just want to like just dip back into the goodie thing real quick, just to mention it because like part of goodie's whole subplot is the Richard Lewis mm-hmm. subplot where he has he is an old flame of hers now he has a wife, a dying wife who is dying of cancer in the hospital and how that is resolved is she has Justin Kirk who is a stem go and suck Richard Lewis's wife's blood and then she yeah. sucks his blood and so that when she comes out of the hospital she's hot Mary Lou Henner she's not like right she's not like this like skinny pale woman with no hair dying of cancer she's a fucking and haughty again. I fucking hate that so much. That is the part where I just like when I was watching this movie for the first time, I was like, I'm fucking done with this shit. First thing, obviously, we mentioned this while watching this. She is going to be like this fucking haughty for mm-hmm. her forever. Richard Lewis is going to continue to look worse and worse every year. Yeah, but gets but rewarded he, with a hot just, wife. So does this imply that if he was bitten, he would also have? Looked hotter back in time because well I think this so the thing is like she didn't turn back in time she just she got healthy right yeah so she just looks like uh, a healthy version of herself yeah, is what it does so he would just look like a healthier version right I guess he would just look like a less shitty Richard Lewis <laughs> would he would he stand up straight like, yeah he stand up straight he has a little bit of muscle tone his hair is cut is he that, looks a little less sallow I have to say is that just Richard Lewis or is that a physicality I think that's just Richard, Richard Lewis, Lewis. Yeah. he's an old man he does yeah. walk around like a hunchback he does yes. yeah not it's not an attractive look for him no. But, so, and then on top of that also, the entire scene is played for laughs, where it's basically Justin Kirk goes into this room uh, 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 right, with this catatonic woman lying in a bed. Emily starts sucking her blood. She wakes up, starts sucking his blood. He shoves her head to his waist where he has cut a cut across his stomach to make it look like har har. She's giving him a blowjob. And on top of all of this, at no point was it ever brought up as far as we see to Richard Lewis's wife to say, Hey, do you want to be turned into a vampire? And like, I get it. Depending on where she, right. Depending on where she is in her sickness, maybe she's not able to like say anything. Even if we got one scene of her being like, I'm so sorry. I wanted to live so many more years with you. Or you get a scene of Richard Lewis talking to her and be like, is this something you want to do? And so he's like, Nope, I'm going to make this decision 
occasion for you, right. you're going to be hot forever. And I'm, yes, obviously, I think that if I were in her position, if I were dying and someone had the option to like make me better, I'd probably be okay with it too. But I think it's tremendously gross that at no point is a conversation had with her. And also, this decision is made for Richard Lewis kind of quickly too, where Alicia Silverstone is just like, hey, here's my friend Dustin Kirk. He he's going to make her young and hot. Vampire. Yeah. She doesn't say it at all. Yeah. No, she does. She says... Um, oh, well, she says something like, there is a way. He, yeah. oh, and he's like, wait, so she's not going to be dead? She's like, no, she'll be a vampire, but she's not going to be fully dead. Yeah. Right. So he knew she was going to be a vampire. Okay. Yeah. I agree that it's super weird in this movie. We don't get a scene of Mary Lou Henner, you know, maybe saying in a raspy voice, like, uh, if we only had more time. Right, yeah. Because yeah. then, hey, would we have maybe felt something? She's yeah. When she shows It's like... It's it's like fridging without fridging because yeah, she yeah. is just a corpse in this movie. She, yeah. right. she doesn't speak ever. Right. No. The only time you can tell it's Mary Lou Hunter is at the end when she yeah. walks out and she's fucking hot. Right. Yeah. It's you're right. God, it is sort of a fridging effect. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just a an un, an undeath right. used yeah. to further the man's. Story. And I think that's why I feel even more gross about what I said with there being an emotional affair between Alicia Silverstone and Richard Lewis. We're like. His wife, who has, like, no personality, no character, no nothing, is just dying in another room. And Richard Lewis is just like, but, like, let's go collect some signatures and have coffee and think about the old days. It's just like, no, this is bad. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Did not like that at all. I think, um, before we talk about fixes, let's like, let's go Correct. around our characters. Yeah. Character actors. Um. Character So, acting. Goody. Alicia Silverstone. Not a name. Yeah. Amy Heckerling seems to think that Goody was a name. Uh, and it's not. It's, it's a title. It's a period in title. For, right. It's for a Mrs. married woman. It means just like Mrs. Yeah. It's literally like calling your daughter Mrs. Right. It's insane to me. Um, yeah, that part is nutty. I mean, it's a shittily written character. Um, I never understand why she wants the things she wants. I don't know why she's hiding her age. The reason they give is not satisfying and doesn't really make much sense. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we don't do enough of her memories or reminiscences to make them worth it. Right, you can and feel, like we said before, you don't feel any emotion for it, so, so yeah. Well, just like at the end of the day, our main character doesn't really have much of a plot. Mm. A aside from hanging out with Richard Lewis, I guess. Yeah, her plot is mainly to make things happen for other people, I guess. Mostly like, Kristen Ritter. Right, until she decides at the end, like, you know what, I'm done with this shit, and then leaves. Yeah. Yeah, I will agree that it's, again, I will reiterate, rather, that uh, I don't think her character... Makes sense again. It feels like she walked off of the clueless set into this right. planet. I don't understand that because in none of the intervening hundreds of years did she gain yeah. an iota yeah. of worldliness. Again, she has the sort of like uh, like progressive attitude, but like has no wisdom right. from all of those years about how to affect Shane. Right. Again, again, she's literally Cher. Like Cher knows yeah. it's a good thing to be like tolerant and accepting of other people, but she doesn't really have a strong sense of where that comes from or yeah. why. Like she knows what's right, but she has no like yeah, she's not learned anything. Right. 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 And, like, and again, like on paper, I think Cher as a vampire is kind of a fun movie. Mm -hmm. But it's not this. No. Kristen Ritter? I really like I think Kristen she's Ritter pretty solid in this. in this movie for the most part. <laughs> I actually think she does the best job of elevating the material as much as it can yeah. be elevated. Be 
I just because I am a sucker for Kristen Ritter in general. I think I don't think that the character has a lot going on other than being like kind of a, a ditz. Right. I, I think like what mostly works for me is that her plot is a little bit more fun. So like yeah. she gets a more of an opportunity to like have some jokes and have them land. The part where she shows up to dinner like oh, covered in brown paints <laughs> to look less pale than she did before. That's sort of fun. The, the weird fucking part that I hate so much where she climbs out the window yeah. with her waist twisted backwards. They do that twice. Yeah, they do do that twice. And it's super weird to me. She has sex with Dan Stevens. They are floating in midair. Dan Stevens somehow does not notice this. Mm-hmm. She jumps out his window, crawls down the wall with her bottom body half turned around is like, call me. And Dan Stevens is like, what? <laughs> Insane to me that this is the way that she then, finds out, that she tells him that she's a vampire. I digress. It doesn't take much to convince him to keep dating. No, it doesn't. You don't really get a whole, like, he's a little shell-shocked, but he doesn't seem, like, terribly put off by well, it. Well, I guess he does know about vampires. Though. That's true. Oh, but, like, you would sure also think that if he's been raised by Van Helsing, he should have a yes. little bit of, like, ingrained skepticism. Are we, are we just moving into him now? But he seems, like, ambivalent about the whole Van Helsing vampire hunting business. Yeah. Right. We never get a clear view as, does he think his dad's insane? Like, yeah, does... Dan Stevens, everyone in this movie is... Is a bimbo or a himbo? Yeah, like, it's true. They're all like, I wonder if Amy Heckerling. This is what I was going to say about Goody. People, bimbos and himbos. About Goody and um, Kristen Ritter's character. I can't remember her name. But like, are, is she kind Stacey. of? Stacy. Is she kind of like? inadvertently through the writing looking down on these younger characters as like it does seem that way right like as a bunch of idiots yeah, yeah a bunch of hot idiots way. yeah which again also like, feels like a thing in I, I could, could never, never be your woman yeah. right it's just like one of the same attitudes where like even even Goody who is like kind of nice it's like she's kind of stupid and like right Listen, right the only good women in the Amy Heckerling verse are 40 and up are yeah. 40 and up but specifically well I feel like it's one of those things for, right. it's just I was gonna say I feel more like it's one of those things as Amy Heckerling gets older the good women get older too because like, <laughs> if you look in yeah. Clueless I, yeah. again I realize yeah. that Cher's kind of simple minded but she's not a bad character you know like I don't think Amy Heckerling has disdain for her no. as a character no. but then it's the sort of thing that like as Amy Heckerling gets older and older she's like oh young people how right. I hate them so yeah I just feel like her disdain for youth comes across in the writing even when it's not meant to yeah. And I do feel like the, it, that is the case with Dan Stevens, who, you know, bless his soul, he looks very good, but he isn't yeah. him. I mean, he just does a lot There's of There's not just, a lot going on up there. No, no, it's no. really just like Golden coasting, retriever. right? It's coasting yeah. on his charisma, basically, the entire time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on his yeah. floppy hair, the fucking scene where they're having sex in a coffin, but they both have their underwear on so when the door opens. I also realized Ugh. this time around when we were watching it. I'm pretty sure they're not even actually just like shaking the coffin. It looks like they CG'd it to make it look well, like it maybe. was shaking, I, which I, I was like, what? I mean, <laughs> coffins are heavy, I guess, so maybe that's part maybe, of it. Maybe, but, but it just sort of looked like it was like bulge, 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 I mean, bulge. Could have again, been like on like a, a thing, like a hydraulic thing. Yeah, maybe. That's like true. Lightly shaking it. I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of very, very not good CGI in this movie. Oh, yes. Uh, you have like, you know, Sigourney Weaver's head like pasted on a skeleton at the I end. You've got um, the green screen scene of Kristen Ritter and Alicia Silverstone talking on the roof of a building, which, again, doesn't need to be green screen. Could right. be anywhere else. But Amy Heckerling was like, no, they have to be on the roof of a building. You have to see New York City in the background. Okay. It looks very bad. We get a green, or not green screen, but we get bad CG of... Um, Gail Garcia Bernal. Sorry. <laughs> in this TV. Yeah, weirdly so green screened into some music video. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, who probably had no idea what he was doing, and they're yeah. just sort of like, just do a little dance. He's like, okay. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, didn't they, oh, Kristen like Ritter's bad CG with the big weird like monster mouth. Yeah, anytime they make a weird monster mouth, the part where her or Alicia Silverstone's tongue goes through the guy's nose. Oh, I hated that the, I again. Hated that so where Kristen Ritter climbs much. down the building backward with her waist turned around. 
It's just, it's chock full of moments that Amy Heckerling was committed to having, but did not have the resources to make work. Actually, there was one joke I, I did like that was recurring. Well, two jokes I liked. I don't know if you can really call them jokes. But um, two things I liked were that they were <laughs> they just put straws into rats. And it, it's gross. I, kind but of, I, kind I, of I liked funny. that kind of okay. Um, like, I don't think it was as cute as the movie thought it was, but right. I was like, all right. I But I also like, really fully enjoyed that, how do you know they're vampires? Well, they've got black eye makeup. Yeah, I don't know if that's a joke, Except per se. Yeah. Except for Malcolm McDowell. Who just by the fucking way, refused. I think, we, I think we need to take some time before we get into fixes. We yeah. talked about the three kind of bigger characters, right. but I want to talk about some of these vampire side characters. Yeah. Because yes. these are some of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Malcolm McDowell is amazing. He's great. Yeah, he just sells the, like the goofiness. <laughs> I love the I love the idea of Lazzy and Peller just being like, yeah, like yeah. having like, Bidding. right, like he's sort of like given up on his ways and now he's just sort of like this like sweet older man who the girls go to for advice every yeah. now and then. Like, that's like, fun. He's got like a cardigan, but like still has the metal. Yeah, he always still has his Dracula metal. Yeah, like, it's Dracula cute. Metal. It's fun. I like yeah, that. Yeah, did you just look at your nice, friendly, older grandpa to talk to? Yeah. I was going to say, he takes a pretty, like, laid-back approach to the role, which is oddly refreshing. Right. It's, he's he's, he's just, like, way. sweetly goofy. Yeah. You'd be forgiven for thinking that he wasn't told he was a vampire. Right. Yeah. When he was reading Lawless, because he just is a nice old man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy Justin Kirk's performance as... I think Justin Kirk is fun in this. I but, do, like, too. The weird... She saw something like... Uh, I really enjoy, yeah, Justin Kirk is the sort of, like, weird Eastern European kind of creep, kind yeah. of. Like, yeah. In, like, again, he, he does have that unfortunate sex scene, which I don't blame the character or the actor for. It, it is. No, it's just a bad it scene. It is weird. But, yeah. And it gave us all feelings of uh, dark shadows. Yeah, yep. dark shadows and awkward sex scene there. But aside from that, when he just got to be this, like, kind of, like, weird, dumb kind of creepy. Kind of just a Euro-trash vampire. Yeah, Slavic Euro-trash vampire kind of guy. Yeah, I really he was, enjoyed. no, I, I, I do like, I like Justin Kirk. I think he's a pretty... Talented actor, and it was fun seeing him in this part. I yeah. do, I do like the question you asked while we were watching. Is Justin Kirk hot? I think yes. I think I'm going to commit to yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it works for me. Like, it's definitely like a look, you know. Yeah, but the it works. Emo eye makeup, right? What worked for me in this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he worked. Um, any other like minor characters you wanted to? I mean, uh, shout Ren- out? Renfield was an odd one, wasn't he? Exactly. Renfield, yeah, it was I, I get... an odd one because like I went like. It wasn't clear what he knew and what he did. Right, so my my thought is that... Yeah, he's a CPA. He knows that vampires exist. He knows that the girls are vampires because he He wants to to be a vampire. Right, he goes to the vampire club. And then, but at one point, when Justin Kirk, like, opens his mouth in a big scary way, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! And Kristen Ritter, like, has to wipe his mind. Which is something I would expect for, oh, he's someone who just doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, so yeah, like, it's which is it's super weird that like that's the thing that traumatizes him. Like he's been hanging around vampires for a while, presumably, but for whatever reason, seeing someone's mouth open big is like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, for him. and yeah, it also bugs me so much that he is called Renfield. Just like it bugs me that Dan Stevens is well, a yeah, Van Helsing. He's not the Renfield, right? No, he cannot be. So like that's all. He has no. He's not. I guess a, he's, he's not the same type of person. Right. He has no attachment to a specific vampire. Right. Yeah, and it's just uh, again that just feels like. Amy Heckerling having seen Dracula is like, you know, it would be cute. It would be cute if like <laughs> this guy was a descendant of Van Helsing. So like, again, in this universe, we know that Van Helsing 
the family exists. We know that Dracula exists. If Dracula exists, did a Renfield family exist? Is this Renfield the descendant of that crazy Renfield from the Dracula story? I don't fucking know. Part of me almost feels like when this started out, maybe it was literally like how clueless is Emma. Maybe this was literally Dracula, but set in modern days, and it got further and further away from that in the draft. But Amy Eckerling like, just was so committed to using the character names of Renfield and Van Helsing that she's like, no, gotta stick with that. We gotta use them. Yeah. And like, maybe it would have been a better movie, frankly, if it were just like a teen comedy update of Dracula. I would be into that. Anyway. Um, you know who we, what vampire we didn't talk about? Ciceris. Sigourney oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta yeah. talk about Sigourney She's Weaves. great. I think she's very funny. Siggy uh, Weaves. Siggy Weaves. Siggy Weaves, yes. Yeah, Siggy um, Weaves. Paul once, uh, when he couldn't remember her name, just settled for Sigugu Weeba. <laughs> That's close. Um, I, I think she's very fun in this. I thought, like, the, the first scene... Where they're at, where she like summons them to her penthouse, and when, just to try and close, just to try and close for her because she can't see her reflection. She wants to know how the clothes would look on people, and then she calls like a pizza delivery guy so that she can eat the pizza delivery guy. And there's like a shot like a la Nosferatu of like of her, her shadow, shadow eating her with her fingers held up, and then you pull out to like see her actually do it. And she's like pizza guy, and it's like that's a moment where I'm like, oh, this is fun. Amy, like, Amy Heckerling is like is writing a good joke. Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver knows what she's doing. That's, that's what I did when our second chili <laughs> Mexican food. Um, the, on the other hand, then you also have the bit where Sigourney Weaver's in the Chinese food restaurant having killed everyone in the restaurant yeah. and they walk in and they're like, what did you do here? And she puts on like an old Yiddish person voice and she's like, oh, you know how it is when you eat Chinese people and now later you're hungry again. And she's like, oh boy. And then she just makes like a series of just like oof jokes because uh, I believe the button for the scene is her being like, like can I get a fortune cookie? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, like, this is like I, I get also that it's not necessarily that she is like that Amy Heckerling is right. indulging in a, an anti-Semitic joke. It's more just that like maybe they're spoofing like that old trope of like, oh, you know how Chinese food is when you eat it, you're hungry later. But it's like I've heard this joke so many fucking times before. And again, probably in reference to eating Chinese people as cannibalism or by monsters or by whatever. It's the point that like, again, like you said, Spaceballs, this is not original yeah. or funny enough to justify it being there. Um, but then at the end, you get to see her head paste on a skeleton as she sings yeah. Battle Hymn of the Republic. Yes. It makes no fucking sense. She puts her head on Grant's skeleton. It's nonsense. Yeah. It's nonsense. Yeah. Wallace Shawn as... I mean, he's he's, he's Wallace Shawn. He do what Wallace Shawn do. Yeah, he he do what he do. And Kristen Johnston is is British... Apparently, and then she kind of gives up towards the end, right. and then it I just as well because she gets brain mushed and stuff. I just believe that these two people created Dance Theater. <laughs> yeah, which like you look at Kristen Johnson and you're like, okay, maybe, and you look at Wallace Shawn, you're like, hmm, did your genetics just override his at every turn? She is like three times the size of him. No, I mean, I, I'm sure that's it, right? I think that's just the joke. You probably have the joke of like hot wife, ugly husband, and you also have the joke of like Wallace Shawn being four feet tall, Kristen like Johnson being an Amazon. To, like boarding school in the in- right. I mean, like that was like, frankly, that's the easiest. Ex- yeah. like explanation but to make then to make Kristen Johnson do a British right accent. which she cannot do and I'm almost positive she doesn't do it in her first scene which threw <sighs> me and then she does kind of do it later on I think it comes and goes I think yeah. I think probably word to word it's easier to just do like a theatrical mid-Atlantic accent right that sort of sounds British adjacent yeah. would, it, would it have been better if they just never addressed it honestly yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure I still would have complained about it it honestly yeah, but... I honestly could have potentially read that as a joke you know what I mean yeah. yeah like 
Uh, yeah. I, was, yeah. I mean, he can now. He, he played like that, you know, it was goofy, but he played the Russian dude in, in Eurovision. Could he not have done an American accent? I mean, maybe not. It would have time. to probably be a comedy American yeah. accent. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone else no. to talk about. No, I don't I think, think anyone else matters enough. I'm not going first. Let's yeah, okay. <laughs> I've got nothing to say about the score or soundtrack, so, like, let's just not even deal with that. So, if I, I'll go first. Sure. So. What I have basically is kind of what I alluded to earlier. My idea is just that I think that there are two fairly compelling stories to be told here. And if just one were committed to, we would have a better idea. But what I'm thinking is, so if you wanted it to just be clueless with vampires, I think that would be perfectly fine. If you wanted it just to be about these two sort of vapid and silly, sweet, well-meaning, but not emotionally intelligent women who were just sort of in a comedy about vampires, I think that would be a perfectly fun movie for Amy Heckerling to sort of deal with some of her gripes. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, what I kind of felt when watching this is I feel like this should be Dan Stevens' story because I feel like it's very interesting to have like this idea where like you find out your girlfriend's a vampire and all the comic hilarity that comes from that. And I feel like I this haven't is like a Hugh Grant nineties rom. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Because I feel like I haven't seen a story before where it's yeah. the guy finds out his girlfriend's a vampire, which that almost might be like a fun spin on Twilight, which it's is right. it's Notting Hill except instead of celebrity, it's vampire. Right. Yeah. Basically, and so it's just the entire movie is him sort of coming to terms oh, with. I'm just a, I'm just a boy in front of a girl <laughs> asking her to bite him. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There's the ending. It's written. Yeah. It's so, so, like, honestly, I realize that that's probably not Amy Heckerling's jam so much because I feel like she's probably less interested in, like, the male perspective for something she's like this. also got a grape! Yeah. But I feel like, frankly, for me at least, if I were doing, like, a rewrite of something like this, I would probably want it to be about Dan Stevens. On the other hand, that probably means that Alicia Silverstone's character gets kind of, like, minimized mm -hmm. a lot in this movie. So Alicia Silverstone probably wouldn't be in this accordingly, but I, I feel like the focus is probably more interesting to me if it's on Dan Stevens and Kristen Ritter's character than it is on this two-hander that we have right now. So that's what I got. I think that should really just be it. Um, yeah, I can go. I also don't have a, something super elaborate, but my thinking was, my main thesis with this is just, I think it's an inherently fun idea to have two gal pals in New York who are vampires just having this like nutty comedic adventure together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do want there to be, you know, like dating, have a nightlife. It's, you know, kind of different and funny because they're vampires. It's not going to be because of the Patriot Act because that's way too heavy. But I do like this idea of these people who are maybe legally or thought to be dead are kind of somehow being contacted by the government to be like, you got back taxes, you got to pay. I think that's fine as a like sort of like a conflict for them to push against. And then sort of all around that, you can just have as many vampire gags as you want. I am not really interested in telling a story about one of them settling down and having a kid. Um, yeah, nor I, am I, to be quite clear, that would not be part of my Right. I do like the idea of there being this almost alcoholic, it's anonymous style. What do they call it? Like Sanguins? Sanguins Anonymous or something? Was like I don't fucking elves? remember. Wasn't that an acronym? That was, what, that was what Alicia Silverstone says she prefers to be called extended life form or okay. something like that. Eternal life, I don't remember. Some shit like that. I like that. I like the idea of there being this sort of... Was it like a support group or like... That was... Yeah. I think that's they what never it's supposed say to be. It out loud, I think it's but... supposed to be like a support... Well, I don't know. I thought they did. I thought it was supposed to be a support group for vampires who don't drink human blood. Yeah. Oh, that's like what it was. Some yeah. other means, yeah. Like vegetarians or whatever. Yeah, because they have yeah. that like free... That like mantra, but like a drop too much. Right, a drop, yeah. Not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It's whatever it is, yeah. Which is actually similar to an AA saying about how like one drop 
one drop is never enough, or something like, one drop is too much, but, like, an ocean is never enough. It's something like that. Uh, I take it back. This is a good movie. Uh, right. But, <laughs> but, I mean, isn't that also kind of an example of, like, Annie Hackerling? I don't know if that's, like, great material to turn into a I mean, I think it's perfect. Like, like I'm not going to say you can't make fun of Alcoholics Anonymous. I think you can. I just think it's just, again, like, it's not as sharp or as funny as you think it right. is. But yeah, that's kind of all I have. This movie didn't bring it at me. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think if I was if I was going to do this story, or I mean, again, the story's like a grab bag of ideas. Yep. Yes. Um, but if I had to pick something out of this particular movie, I have a very different story I'd like to tell if you just told me, like, do vampires. Mm-hmm. But if I'm working within some amount of confines of this movie, I think what I would ultimately want this to be about is uh, just Goody and... What is her name? Christine Stacy. 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 Yeah. Um, I would want to focus on maybe just the two of them, and I think the angle that I have here is that it's more about like a found family th- type thing. So I, I, I don't. Uh, we're getting rid of stems. It doesn't make any sense. I think that like. <laughs> I also don't think that I don't. I don't think I'm Goody to have been like married with kids before she became a vampire. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of weird baggage that I think if if she is married with kids before she became a vampire, then you have that's a huge part I of the character yeah. that we have to address. Right. And I don't want to address that. So. Maybe she was a spinster in her thirties. I don't know, but she's not. She didn't have. She didn't leave like a you know a massive amount of baggage in her life before she became a vampire. And she was turned by Sigourney Weaver, who is kind of a bitch um, and kind of remains bitch. And maybe there's some sort of like necessary attachment that you maintain to your sire, but it's not like a necessarily a good one or a warm one. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that is kind of the thing where like she had obviously her own experiences as a human before she was a vampire. But those experiences and that upbringing don't really inform your existence as a vampire. And so when she was sired by Sigourney Weaver, it was kind of like having a second upbringing with like a more toxic family dynamic <laughs> of like Sigourney Weaver kind of being like a bitch vampire. I like that. Um, and but that's so that's her only experience. Then maybe she meets Stacy at some point, and there's some circumstance where Stacy consensually is dying or is agrees to become a vampire or whatever, and. And in her mind, it's like, oh, this is like, I'm going to do it right this time. Like, my, like Sigourney Weaver mm. was, like, bad, obviously, but I'm going to do it better. But also, she doesn't know what a healthy sire-vampire yeah. relationship looks like. And I kind of like the idea... I think we can deal with the agent thing. I like the idea that, like, she's cagey about how old she is. And because she doesn't really know how to be, like, a mentor or, like, a parental figure, she's, she's like, trying to be, like, BFFs with Stacey yeah. at first. But, like, really, it isn't that. And then... It, at some point, Stacey starts making all these mistakes that, like, Goody made when mm-hmm. she was a vampire. Um, and she doesn't know how to, like, step in as, like, more of an authority figure and be like, dude, no, this is bad. Like, maybe there's a... Maybe there's, like, a point in Goody's life where she met someone that she, that she wanted to spend the rest of her life with and she turned it into a vampire and then it was just not a good idea. And now there's this, like, horrific vampire ex that's just wandering around that she doesn't want to be with. And maybe, like... Stacy falls into bed with the first hot guy she finds and is like, I'm going to make him a vampire. It's going to be great. And Goody's like, you have to be like really sure about this because like you're going to make, if you're going to like do that to someone then like, you know, you can be sure that you're going to want to be with them for the rest of your life. I almost think an element of this is almost about single parenthood. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I, I like the idea of like cool. that dynamic of like you you have this relationship with someone. It's not really like, it's not quite friendship and it's not quite parental because what do these dynamics mean when you're like 240 right, and 40 right. respectively? And I like the idea that because she's, she didn't, maybe she was uncomfortable being that figure early on in their relationship, then she doesn't know how to step into it now. And it's awkward for Stacey to suddenly expect Goody to like have more, to like be coming from a place of authority or wisdom or age. That's what I had. That's what I wanted to explore. Yeah. I, I, again, I, like, I like that we had just, three different ideas. Distinct yeah. takes, yeah. 
Yeah, I, mine is probably mine doesn't sound like much of a comedy, I will say, but maybe that's not anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah, or a dramedy, or a dramedy, a dramedy. All right, um, guys, would we recommend this movie? Hell no. No, no. Not. Fucking hated this movie. Probably not. I don't want to see anything it's... Amy Heckerling does ever again at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm done. She has not made a movie since Vamps, but if she did, I would not see it. So how long has it been? Like it's since 2012, so it's been like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what she's doing? Exactly. Who knows what the Hexter's up to? Yeah. <laughs> guys, don't see this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah do. Cannot, it, cannot at all recommend it's this. It's not nearly as good as it should be. Yeah. Uh, but do come back at us. Do, yes. Weeks. Do go to our website at www.dropback.com. Do like us at facebook.com slash podcast. Do rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Premium. Or as I like to call it, Stitchy Premiums. Stitchy Premiums. Thank you for having a Halloween with us. Yeah. I, I love doing our seasonal episodes. Right. I really do. Even when I fucking hate the movie, yeah. I gotta say, I love a seasonal episode. Happy Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. and happy Halloween, everybody. Mm. Bye. Bye. Bye.